Hi, this is Bill Woods, and I'm wanting to wish you a very happy new year and a successful new year. The way that it'll be successful is if you keep in God's will and follow his teachings. Here we are at a new year, 2021. Can you believe it? I, I want to read to you some things today that the scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, the New American Standard Bible says, But realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied his power, avoid such men as these. Boy, he was certainly describing our generation, wasn't he? Second Timothy three ten through 17. Now you followed my teachings, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions and sufferings such as has happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord out of them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed all who desire to give live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving the and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. Then finally, Isaiah chapter 42, verse 16, I will lead the blind by a way they do not know, in paths they do not know. I will guide them. I will make darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. These are the things I will do, and I will not leave them undone. You know, at the beginning of each new year, the experts, and I put that in quotes, give their predictions about the economy, politics, weather, and a host of other topics. They answer such questions or they try to. Will there be war or peace? Will there be poverty or prosperity? Will there be progress or stagnation? Everyone seems, you know, to, today to be happy to leave 2020 behind, but the predictions for 2021 are, are mostly gloomy too. Uh, you know, the fact that they're saying the dollar is going to fail this year and bring a worse depression than in the 1920s and 30s. That climate change or global warming is uh, going to continue to uh, cause the planet to eventually become uninhabitable. That China is going to start World War III. I read that race riots will continue and spread until the president has to declare martial law. We know the Democrats are wanting to bring in Marxism, and we're praying very much that God will intercede there. FEMA camps are being prepared for people who oppose gay marriage, abortion, and hold Christian values.
and it just doesn't look like it's going to be a great year any better than 2020. But when we ask if the world will get better or worse, the answer is yes to both. Many magazines include articles by the experts predicting what will happen in the years ahead, some making predictions covering 10, 20, or maybe even more years in the future. Some of these predictions have proven amazingly accurate in the past. Others couldn't have been more wrong. Back in 1967, experts predicted by 2000 technology would be taken over so much at the workplace that we would do an av not have to do more than average work week of 22 hours long and we'd work only 27 weeks a year. And our biggest problem, they said, would be deciding what to do with our leisure time. I don't know about you, but that prediction missed the mark as far as my life has been concerned. In fact, most of us seem very busy. We're, we're always in a hurry. We walk fast. We talk fast. We eat fast. After we eat, we say, excuse me, I've got to run. So here we are facing a new year, 2021. I wonder how we'll do this year. Will we be busy? Will we make better use of our time? Will the value of our dollar hold? In 365 days when 2021 is over, will we look back with joy or regret? Will we face a future with anticipation or dread? You know, Ephesians 5:15 and 17 will help us as we look forward to 2021. Paul gives some important lessons to consider. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I remind you, our time on earth is limited. We must be careful how we live because our time is limited. In Psalm 39, 4, it says, Lord, make me to know my end and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient I am. Transient, I guess is the word. Psalm 90, 10, as for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years, Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. Psalms 139.16 Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained to me, when as yet there was not one of them. You know, I know that younger people think that 70 or 80 years old sounds like a long, long time, and I guess it is. I once thought 40 was ancient. Time seems to be relevant to circumstances. For example, to teenagers in love, talking together in the car at night, an hour or two seems like a blink of an eye. To the parents inside the house worrying about what's happening in that car, an hour seems like eternity. Listen to Psalm 90, 12. It says, So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. In 2011, People's Magazine published an article entitled Dead Ahead, telling about a new clock that keeps track of how much time you have left to live. It calculated an average lifespan of 75 years for men and 80 years for women. And this says, program your sex and age into the clock and it will tell you how much time you have left. 
is sold for $99.95. And I think that's an intriguing idea. Isn't that what the psalmist said to do, number our days? I figure since I'm 78, I'm living on borrowed time. That means my time's up. There's no guarantee uh, that I'll be living much longer. In fact, there's no guarantee for any of us that we'll live even one day longer. I, I know that my sister Peggy had no thought that she would die that day in May of 2014. James 4, 13 and 14 says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. You know, all that we really have is right now. Our time on earth is valuable because it is very limited. We don't know when that time is going to be up. Make the most of every opportunity. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil. Jesus called Satan a robber and a thief. One thing Satan tries to rob is our time because time is a very precious possession. Think of the time wasted in sinning. Think of the time wasted in bars or gambling casinos or in shallow affairs. Or think of the time wasted gossiping or spreading rumors. Or think about all the time wasted worrying about the consequences of the sins we've committed. Satan is a thief and a robber, but it isn't just sin that makes demands on our time. Sometimes it's good things that can make demands. Jesus visited Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He sat to teach, and Mary sat at his feet soaking in every word. Martha was in the kitchen preparing dinner. Martha got upset because Mary wasn't helping. In Luke chapter 10, verse 40, it says, But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Jesus answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Well, was Martha sinning by fixing a meal? Well, of course not. Her problem was that she was so preoccupied with what she was doing that she didn't realize that God was sitting in her living room. We make that same mistake almost every day. We're caught up in here and now and fail to deal with eternal things that will last forever. Dr. Richard Swenson wrote a book pointing to one of the major maladies of our time, anxiety and stress. He called it overload. And he said, people are just plain overloaded. We're overloaded with commitments. We're committed to go here and there to handle this activity and that social function. The result, we're meeting ourselves coming and going because we've overloaded ourselves in commitments. We're also overloaded with possessions. Our closets and garages are full and overflowing. We've gone into debt to pay for all things we simply must have, and now we're afraid someone will steal them. We're, we're overloaded with possessions. I have a sign in my office here that said, I started out with nothing, and I still have most of it left. 
I had a fellow come in one day and he said, well, you know, he read the sign. He said, I, I don't think that sign is, is accurate at all. He said, you look around, you've got a lot of stuff left. And maybe I do. Anyhow, uh, we're overloaded with work. Uh, we get up early. We fight traffic. If we have a job, we experience intolerable working conditions. If we work for someone else, because we we, we do all this because we have to pay for all those possessions that we've accumulated. There's also an information overload. Richard Swenson said, as a doctor, he reads 220 articles a month. Man, can you imagine that? But he does that just to keep up with the changes in his profession. The Internet added an information superhighway. The problem? We can't possibly absorb it all, so we feel overloaded and overwhelmed here, too. I could go on, but I think you get the picture. There are so many demands in our time. I mean, good things that need to be done. But there will be just 8,760 hours in 2021. We want to make the most of every opportunity. So what are we going to do? Well, understand what God's will is. Paul said in Philippians 4, 8, and 9, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So, what do you think God wants for you in 2021? Does he want your mind so saturated with worries and anxieties that you can't think spiritual thoughts? Does he want your calendar so crowded that you don't have time for the important things? What do you think God's will is for you this year? Well, here are a couple of suggestions. First, I think you need to establish your priorities. I assume you believe God should be part of your life. And so when you begin to establish priorities, you must decide where he stands in your life. Ask yourself, who or what is most important in my life? I hope your answer is, my relationship with God through Jesus is most important to me. If so, put that at the top of your list of priorities and say, this will affect my decisions, my scheduling, my relationship with others, and my whole outlook on life. Therefore, when Sunday rolls around, neither rain nor shine nor football kickoffs will interfere with my being in church because Christ comes first in my life. I'll worship God and nothing will interfere with that. So schedule a definite time each day to pray and, and read his word. And I know that's difficult. I know Satan will try to rob you of, of this time, but you need to spend time with our Lord in communion with him. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the people around you. Pray for the church and the missionaries and Sometimes they feel so alone and far away and they need to know if people are praying for them. You'll never know how much your prayers means to them. Pray for the persecuted church that are, are going through such terrible times, being arrested, martyred, and everything in lands where they don't have the freedom to worship that you and I do yet. You'll be blessed as you grow in your faith and trust in God. Spend time with your family. 
I think every husband ought to have a date night with his wife once a week, a, a time when just the two of them get away, not letting anything else interfere. No beepers, no telephones, no interruptions, just a time to keep the romance in their marriage. Maybe at a nice restaurant, maybe just some time at home where you can sit and talk and and communicate. You know, that's one of the big problems in marriage is a lack of communication. Wherever it is, spend some time together. Spend time then with your children too. They grew up so fast. Don't let these precious moments get away. Spend quality time with your kids. Make sure that your family is high on your list. Most of you have to work. Christians ought to be good workers. When someone hires a Christian, they should know they're getting an honest day's work. Because we are Christians, we have responsibility to honor God even in the marketplace. So first of all, establish your priorities. Then learn how to live today. The two greatest enemies of time are regrets for things we did in the past and anxiety about what will happen in the future. Many of us live either in the past or in the future. We play a little game of, I wished it were. I wished it were next week. Or I wished it were next month. Or I wished it was way back when I, I, in those good old days. You know, kids go to school and say, boy, I wish the day were over. Well, right now, a lot of them aren't going to school, but eventually we'll get back into school. Gary Freeman told about a girl who went to college and just hated it. She told herself, if I ever got a college and get married and have children, I know I will enjoy life. So she stuck with her college education. She went to classes every day and finally graduated from college. She got married, had children, and discovered that children are really a lot of work. She told herself, if I can just get these kids raised, I'll be able to relax and enjoy life. When the kids were entering high school, her husband said, we don't have enough money to send our kids to college. I guess you'll have to get a job. Well, she didn't want to, but he was right. They needed money. So she went to work and she hated it. She told herself, if I can just get these kids out of college and get the bills paid, I will quit work and enjoy life. Finally, the last child graduated from college and all the bills were paid. She walked into her boss's office and said, I quit. He said, you don't want to quit now. Stay another eight years. You'll have a, a pension for the rest of your life. She thought, I don't want to work another eight years, but there's all, all that money and, and I really can't turn down this opportunity. So she worked another eight years. Finally, she and her husband retired. They sold their home and bought a retirement cottage. They sat on the swing on their front porch and looked at the family picture album and dreamed about those good old days. Someone said, life is what happens to you while you're making plans to do something else. Another year has come and gone. A new year, 2021, stretches before us. Help us, Lord, redeem the time so we have a happy new year. During 2021, may you have enough happiness to keep you sweet, but enough trials to keep you strong, enough sorrow to keep you human, enough hope to keep you happy, enough failure to keep you humble, enough success to keep you eager.
enough friends to give you comfort, enough wealth to meet your needs, enough enthusiasm to make you look forward to tomorrow, and enough determination to make each day better than the day before. Lord, please help us to use 8,760 hours of 2021 the wisest way we can for you and for your glory. Romans 13, 11, and 12, do this knowing the time that is already, do this knowing the time that is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than we believed. The night is almost gone, the day is near. Therefore let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. What about the gloomy predictions for 2021? Should I be afraid? No, everything is under control because God's already there and he'll lead you through to victory. Fix your eyes upon Jesus and stay close to him. He'll take you through whatever lies ahead, no matter how dark it may seem at the time. Isaiah chapter 41 or 42 verse 16 I will lead the blind by the way they do not know and paths they do not know. I will guide them. I will make darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. They are the things I will do. And these are the things I will do and I will not leave them undone. I want to say Happy New Year. Remember to keep God first and make it a successful year. And remember our days are numbered. Live in such a way that if God were to call you home today, you would be ready to go. Shall we pray? Dear Jesus, I just pray that you'll help us each one as we start this new year that we might use it for your honor and glory. Lord, there are some out there that are struggling, some out there that are fearful. Lord, help us we, to realize that we don't need to be fearful. We just need to make a commitment to you and allow you to help us as we go through our, our day by day in 2021 and help us to grow in our relationship with you and learn to love you even more. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. God bless you and have a good 2021.